Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, wonderful people. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. We have my friend Rigson on, who is an absolutely incredible musician, amazing uh, human being, somebody who has trained extensively at the highest level um, of Tibetan Buddhism. So in this episode, we explore um, Rigson's three-year intensive training with Tibetan masters, uh, the most powerful Tibetan mantra, creation through sound, frequency, and vibration, the most important Tibetan teachings, why meditation can support your awakening, waking up in the illusion, um, what happens in the afterlife and so much more. This is a fantastic episode. I invite you to check out her music. You can find it at rigzinmusic.com, R-I-G-Z-I-N music.com. She's over on SoundCloud and all these other places, but really an extraordinary person, somebody who actually walks the walk. She's been a Tibetan Buddhist practitioner um, for a long time and really just actually doing the work. So um, I know you're going to love this episode. If you like it, please take screenshots, share it on your Instagram, tag me at Matt Belair. Let me know where you're listening. It helps a lot. Um, You could also toss a bucket in the bucket a toss a buck in the bucket on Patreon. Um, that helps immensely. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair, really helps me uh, keep this going. So thank you so much. Those of you who have shared and tossed a buck in the bucket, it really helps and it goes a long way. And I appreciate that. But the best thing you can do is one kind act today. Do something nice for someone else. It's the best way to support the show. So thanks guys so much. Um, I want to thank my sponsor partner, the Himalaya podcast app. They are designed and curated for the podcast listener in mind so that is you they are free they're easy to use um they have um you can make playlists they'll find you suggested playlists for the topics you like and and uh, it's really just a great way to uh, listen and to experience the podcast world so when you're over there make sure to give the master mind body and spirit show a follow and uh you can find them on the podcast or at the uh the uh, app store at h-i-m-a-l-a-y-a So that's about it. Um, If you guys are interested in coaching, I'm doing a lot more coaching in 2019. So if you want to explore more around peak performance, flow state, um, entrepreneurship, starting a podcast, mindset, consciousness, all of this stuff we're exploring, I'm teaching a lot more now. And uh, I have worked in, you know, higher level, you know, group, business, entrepreneur, uh, corporation type of stuff and one-on-one. So really it's just whatever you're looking for. Um, if you're looking to design and create a life that, uh, you are more passionate about, like, uh, you have a business idea in mind, or you don't even know where to start, we can get you from A to Z. And if you're already crushing it and you're an entrepreneur and you want to learn how to level up, how to just maximize your ability, you know, look, dive deep into flow state, into peak performance, 
performance and all that kind of stuff, we can explore that as well. So reach out at matt at zenathlete.com. Happy to work with you. And if you want me to train your staff, do things like that, there's a lot of things we can look into that have been proving to have incredible results for people and organizations because these are really the techniques that, uh, you know, the greatest minds, the greatest athletes and, and the leaders um, of history have used. And that's really what I'm doing. I'm just learning those techniques, um, practicing them, seeing which ones I think work, work for me, share those with other people through the podcast through coaching, through training, through books. Um, and hopefully they have incredible results too. And we learn together. So if you're interested in that, um, just reach out Matt at zenathlete.com. And I think that's it. So let's just come into a space of, uh, peace and coherence before we dive in so wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath for a moment and just let it out with all the cares all the anxieties and stresses of the day coming to a state of peace and total empowerment and ready to get into this incredible episode with my friend Rigson. hello and welcome to the master mind body and spirit show I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest has dedicated her life to practicing the meditations of Tibetan Buddhism. She was trained intensively to sing the prayers of elaborate ceremonies during her traditional three-year retreat, now more than 30 years ago. After so many years of practice, her aspiration was to simplify these ancient esoteric spiritual techniques, making their benefits easily accessible for modern times. She has performed at countless events and many of the premier West Coast festivals, including most years at Lightning in a Bottle, Symbiosis, and Burning Man. Merging the ancient blessings of the Tibetan lineage with the medium of modern electronic beats, guiding her audiences into the direct experience of mind at rest, while simultaneously developing our greatest spiritual potential, wisdom, and compassion. Welcome to the show, my friend, Rigzin. Mm-hmm. Hi, Matt. Thank you. So, so nice, nice to, to see you. Mm-hmm. Me too. This has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. We've so, been cohorting for a long time. Yes, yes. We met mm-hmm. We met a, a while back when you were working on your album, which you just released. You make mm-hmm. absolutely incredible music. You have such an interesting... Um, background and philosophy and uh, energy and music and everything. So why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay, thank you. Um, Well, yeah, I just released an album. It's the third one. And it was originally um, conceptualized as a trilogy. And the story goes that I'm a meditator and have been doing the practices all of my life since I was 20 or something. So it's been 35 years. And, um, and so I'm just a practitioner of Tibetan Buddhism and I'm very devoted to that and I devoted my life to it. But then people heard me singing my prayers and um, my friend brought me to Random Rab's studio and we were all friends and he recorded me and took that recording that wasn't supposed to be a public thing. My girlfriend just wanted that 
for herself, for her own inspiration, she was an artist. And he took that sample, that prayer, and mixed it into a track. And that was 2004. And people loved it. People just loved that music. And so slowly, slowly, I started kind of moving toward music and utilizing music as the medium for this message and my prayers. And so then I put out that first album in 2010. So it took me six years from when that first track came out to when I had no idea ever that I was going to sing on stages or anything like that. Like I was the kind of person that if there was three people in the room and I was supposed to speak, I would like, couldn't speak. And so now I'm singing on, you know, massive stages to thousands of people and such. And so it's been an amazing experience for my practice to really like come into presence and just sing from my practice and drawing in the lineage and sending out that blessing and that it's not me. It's just an, a transmission coming through. So that is what's made it possible for me to do this because I'm really actually shy, <laughs> but I think we all are. And um, so Union was put out kind of just as a test. And I put that out in 2010. It took me like six years to figure out music, kind of. And then I did the second album, Transition, which was my, my first like deep thematic album. It was an intention. It's all prayers to help people through the process of dying. And I really felt like that was the most important thing I could do is put that out there because we all die. And even though I'm not a great practitioner or anything, but my teacher used to always say something is better than nothing. So I felt like that's what I could do was to put out this uh, practice of prayers to help people through that process. So that was transition. And then the third album in the Trinity trilogy is protection, which is all protector prayers. And so this was like the, the other thing that I felt was so important and especially in these times when we're experiencing this great, you know, degeneration and all of what's going on, protection was important. So that's the third album that just got released that you helped me to make that happen too. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's amazing. And, you know, I actually didn't know that, um, that you were transitioning into music. I thought you were always musical because when I saw you in stage, you had this amazing costume. It was just so good. And you had incredible dancers and your voice is so powerful and you're singing mantras and prayers. And so I guess my first question is, you know, when you were over learning and you had a deep intensive training, you know, when you're singing these prayers or you do it as a practice, you know, why, why do they do that? What do they, what do they say is happening? Like, what are the deeper teachings? Not quite sure. I get the question. Like when you're, when you were going there and learning Buddhism, 
I don't know if you can hear that. I hear like a little dog. puppy. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. The neighbor's puppy. Um, like, what did they go along with the teachings? Would, would you would you do like a study and then they would give you a, a list of mantras and prayers that you would repeat for a certain time? And is it just uh, like the deeper teaching, like it's an overall personal transformation practice? Like, how does that work exactly? Um, well, the mantras are seed syllables. They're very ancient. And one way that I have of explaining it was originally the great practitioners, the yogis, went up into the Himalaya. This is the Tibetan, you know, tradition all came from that area. Northern India, the Buddha, all of that. Like the Buddha's birthplace was actually Nepal. So it's all happened up, you know, there was a lot of yogic activity in the Himalaya. So the great practitioners would go into retreat, into silence, and they learned how to access this, um, everything, it's all here, right? So they learned how to like access the elements and everything through their internal quietness and realization so then they could go like you know say a certain syllable and you know create a fire like they learned how the elements and everything worked with vibration and yeah so mantra kind of comes from that it's like the direct calling of the name of things that's how and so in the practices then it's the direct calling of awakened mind through sound vibration. And then we all have that essence. We all have the seed of awakening within us. So like a seed is any kind of a seed, right? You have to tend it and cultivate it and, and help that to grow if you want it to flourish. So we all have this seed. And so whenever anyone hears the mantras, then if you've cultivated the seed or not, or to whatever level that's open, those syllables, because it's this essence, am I getting too crazy? It resonates with that aspect of our own being and then draws forth that awakened mind within us. And so when I'm like singing on a stage and yeah, I never, never, music was never the super shy, quiet, like no way. But um, singing on a stage, then I'm just holding my, my meditation to the best I can. And it's been such an incredible process because it's always chaotic when you do a show. It's always like so crazy chaotic. And so then I just have to like find my, my practice. And then in our practices, then we call upon the lineages. And then I just send that out through my, through my voice, which is my heart. I don't think I really answered the question. No, yeah, you, you definitely did. And you answered it exactly. Really? Better, well, actually better than I had hoped because you started off with um, using sound vibration to actually like manifest like fire or something yeah. like that. 
mm-hmm. what that reminds me of, of in the Bible, it was it say mm. about word, like with my word, I create or something along those lines. Yes. I'm sure my audience will know and find exactly yes. what that is. And I've heard about that uh, a lot, like also abracadabra with that's definition with my word, I create, but apparently you know, I've heard before that if you can get to a certain level, you can say a word or speak it and then it's instant manifestation along those lines. Have you ever seen anything like that when you were over there? Okay. So now I'm going to go on to another crazy level because I hope you could get that's what we're we're doing. Right. (laughs) So, okay. So that's one level is the, the sound vibration and how that can manifest and create and yes word and everything mind meditation is all about mind ultimately and so so then the buddhist teachings and everybody kind of knows a little bit about it so i don't feel like it's not appropriate for me to say this because you can go in any bookstore or whatever and also now is the time when we need to speak whatever we can that could be of benefit to others so my my like aspect of buddhism and the dharma it's all about loving kindness and that's all i ever really talk about because it's the most important thing but it's not the highest level so in terms of like because you're asking me in terms of manifestation then the teachings on emptiness, where we recognize the, the great practitioners have recognized the illusory self-created nature of reality. And so then the way I explain it, which I don't in public, but I have many times in private, but I am now, um, at night, when you go to sleep, you dream And in that dream, you believe that that's real. Just stay with me. I'm going to get there. You believe that's real. And so then in the morning, you wake up and you're like, wow, that was a dream. I so thought that was real. So in the similar way, the great practitioners recognize that this reality is the same. It also is a self-created illusory manifestation and we are creating it so it's easy easy to talk about and easy to maybe get the understanding of it and through practice and through developing our foundation of loving kindness then those realizations have a it's part of that cultivation of the seed to grow to flourish is it's all rooted in the practices of loving kindness and if you haven't developed those And again, we all have that inherently, it is our nature, but if you don't cultivate it, it's not the same as just being like, yeah, I'm loving. It's different when you're practicing it and cultivating it and really refining and grinding away at the edges of how that really is in your being. So there's practices. So practices of loving kindness, then the realization of emptiness can flourish. It says my internet connection is unstable. It went away. So, so in the dream, when you think that it's real and then you wake up and it's not, the same is for us that in this lifetime, we think it's real. 
And when we die, then we see, we can see then that it was all self-created. And so, um, so really like on the like most ordinary level, then it's all about love, right? Like when you die and you look back, like what was it that you did? It's everything that you did that was kind and loving and selfless. That's what mattered most. And so, so where was I? But yeah, so then those who truly realize the the emptiness, the illusory self-created experience that we're all in and we all suffer because we haven't realized that. So those who realize that, then it's like a dream. Like if you wake up in the dream and you're like, I'm dreaming, then you can do whatever you want. And it doesn't affect you the same way. Like if you're dreaming in a dream and something terrible is happening and you're like, well, it's a dream, it's okay doesn't matter and you can change it you can like make it better you can just let it be or whatever you want you're not losing your like meditation right you're like present with your thoughts you're not lost in thought <sighs> something like that yeah does that make sense oh yeah 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 all of, all of that it makes awesome. sense right yeah yeah like you know it's interesting because you have a, you know, a very deep level of you know Buddhism teachings and a lot mm -hmm. of the guests that I've had we've we've gone down um you know I like to ask the questions like what do you think happens when you die things like that and I find that all the theories or philosophies are similar in a way and so what I like to do is just ask you know people their perspective to see which ones line up and so there's a few things that I heard about um Buddhism and Buddhist practices I don't know or I do not know if are true or not so I'd be curious to your take because I spent some time in Nepal meditating with monks learning about Buddhism and as far as like religion went I I was never you know I grew up a, a Christian and there's a lot of it that I didn't really resonate with but when I started looking into Buddhism it was like the four noble truths um the eightfold path I was like this just makes sense it's more like a philosophy yeah. And they're like, yeah, you mm -hmm. can actually believe other things too. You're not going to die yeah. forever. I was like, that's a little bit more open. I kind of like that. And and it was interesting because when I would ask them questions um, and I would have all these different conversations, all of them had like their own independent interpretation of the question. Mm -hmm. So it was very sovereign. And they really would think about it. They're like the greatest listeners on the planet mm. and just would always, and their answers would always come back to, you know, the ability to practice love and kindness. And mm. you made a really good point there about practicing because for them, the answer wasn't just in mind. It was like, oh, okay, you're giving me this scenario. So one of them I said is like, what if, um, you know, somebody, let's say, you know, kills, murders my mother in a horrible way. You know, I'm going to want to, as like my immediate reaction is I'm going to go retaliate brutally. You know what I mean? I'm going to lose my mind. And he was thinking there and he just said, after probably two minutes, three minutes, he goes, that would be terrible. I don't wish that upon anyone. Mm. If it did happen to be, if it did happen to me, I would have to try and do my best to show that person love and compassion. And I did not expect that answer. And it was a very real in the sense that 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 would have to be the action I would have to take, not I'm going to love him. And, you know, it's just like, I would have to try to be able to show compassion to that person, even though I'm receiving all of this pain. I was like, that's a really powerful answer. Um, mm -hmm. So some of the things that I've heard that I'm curious about is, 
you know, if you're doing these meditative meditative practices, there's the pet, Tibetan book of the dead, there's dreaming where you talk about waking up in the dream. And one of the things that I heard was that you go into this meditative state. So you understand the dream realm, but becoming conscious there so that when you die, you have more consciousness to go to the next level or whatever, wherever that is. Um, did you ever learn anything like that? Is that in any way accurate? Yeah. Um, Hmm, so many things to comment about. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions was what happens when you die, which is a good one. We could get back to that. And then the, the story about the monk. Yeah, it's, you know, Tibetans, it's amazing because when you look at Tibetan culture, and especially a long time ago, like now it's 60 years under occupation there so a lot of people have died or people have forgotten it's changed like it's a genocide so that's like the deal right you like breed it out over generations and it's you know hasn't happened but it's happening over 60 years and but tibetans experience this such a brutal genocide and and so then when you talk to them it's like the way they've integrated the practice it's real. It's not just talking about it. And the idea there is that if someone creates negativity, like some kind of terrible atrocity or any other level, then we look at them as an object of compassion because, because we are creating our own reality. Whatever you do is how your consciousness is it's creates your like if somebody is killed somebody that's a massive like effect on their on their essence so then yes if somebody does something terrible or whatever it is they're doing we always try to find the place of compassion because they're creating suffering by that we say every being is wishes for have not have suffering, but the way an ordinary person goes toward creating happiness is misunderstood. Don't understand the nature of reality as illusory, and we think this is real. So I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna get whatever that is, whatever we are like happiness. It doesn't get us there and we all know that right like oh the new car the new relationship and it never creates stable happiness so we're like seeking happiness we're always seeking happiness but then we're re we we're not balanced we're not stable so it's never lasts so then when we look at these beings like maybe somebody committed some terrible atrocity and we're like oh you know that's so like sad, of course, for the person who was harmed, of course, but for the harm doer, we have compassion because we see that that will create that for them in the future. And, and we're wishing for all beings to be free of suffering and to attain the state of stable and constant happiness. So then on some level, those who are more negative we put prayers very strongly for them because they're farther away and we need to catch them up kind of thing because we're all in this together. Yeah. 
then what was the other one? The other one was when you, what happens when you die? And what was the main question? I the, wanted to answer that one. Yeah, too. the curious one was, um, I heard that part of the practice was that being able to take consciousness through death. So the more that you're kind of in the illusion and yes, okay. Is that kind of the way I understand? It's like you believe that this is yeah. so real. So you you have to hold on like luggage, you know, you're trying to take your gold and your house and everybody with you because you don't know where you're going. But if you meditate, you do certain practices, you understand that you're actually going to be moving somewhere, you can bring more consciousness with you to that other place or transition or whatever the case may be. Yeah, kind of, sort of. So I'll, I'll give <laughs> my... And it's cool what you said about the monk too, because it's true in Tibetan Buddhism, there's, we study, but there's like a big difference between intellectual knowledge and true realization of wisdom. And so each person then it's our own experience. So it's cool in Tibetan Buddhism. It's such an, a living tradition where every practitioner will tell you something different but none of it's really wrong. It's just different reflections coming through different people. But I love that about it, that it's just alive in people. So yeah, so yes, we use uh, the dream state as practice for dying because it is another level. And if you can be aware in your dream that you're dreaming, then that is a like, level or a indication that maybe when you die you'll have more of a chance of recognizing that you're dead because we say that like that's what happens right you don't quite recognize maybe that you're dead that can happen and and so um so yeah and so then it kind of always comes back to the same thing it always comes back to meditation and how we're creating in a sense our consciousness and like i use this example of uh, a four-wheel drive truck on a muddy road you know my kind of example so if you're driving a truck down a ready muddy road and there's already ruts in it the truck falling into those ruts it's going to keep falling in those ruts keep falling in those ruts so what kind of ruts do you want to fall into <laughs> So what we do is we keep on manifesting loving kindness and there's meditational practices for it so that, that those are the ruts waiting in our consciousness is all the spiritual stuff. And we just gear it all towards spiritual and you meditating, right? So meditating mind wanders, bring mind back, bring mind back, bring mind back. And what are you bringing back? Where's your rut? What do you want? So those ruts that you create, and hopefully it's like something positive where you're praying for all beings and reducing selfless selfishness and all of those Buddhist lines. And when you die, or even when you're sleeping, where's your mind or where's your mind right now? Like, where does it go to? What are you going to all the time? Where's it going back to? So we try to guide and refine and, you know, focus our mind into the spiritual path. So then it's all the same, right? When you die during this moment, 
and when you sleep, it's all the same. And now, now is, now is the opportunity right now, every day, every moment working on it. So it makes it pretty simple, really. But it's not so easy to enact it. There's a big difference between the and the realization. <laughs> yeah. 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 I definitely agree. And I think that the way that you put it is um, important because it is simple, but it's harder to do. Like the practice is how do you come back to the love and kindness? And the example of the ruts is really good too, because um, the way that I kind of see that is, is your patterns, you know, like your mind, pretty much everyone yes. out there is going to just be having thoughts, do it. And then, so you got to come back. So what's that main intention or like kind of your guiding light or North star or whatever, you know, what are you going to continue to intend once you wrap hold of your consciousness again, before it starts to wander off and think about cupcakes or um, bills you got to pay or stresses or whatever nonsense you're dealing yes. with in this space. So I think it's really practical. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, and I want to mention it because I think it's so Awesome. But just the eightfold path in itself is amazing. It's right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration. That to me is just like common sense, good old positive living in the mystery, in the illusion, however you want to see it. So when you're talking about, you know, practices and cultivating that kind of thing, once you kind of wake up, and that's, I don't know if it's like in maybe an enlightening moment or whatever, but one of the things that I kind of phrase it is that some people go around and they're kind of creating by default where, you know, life is presented to them and they're just getting by, you know, and they don't really think that they can influence too much. And it's a little bit more on the material side as in like, I got to get security and safety because, you know, this is just me surviving. And I think that a little bit on the other side of, let's say, quote unquote, waking up is realizing you do influence um, and your impact does, you know, have a difference on other people and you can create, you are creating this, you do have em empowerment. And so once you kind of wake up to that realization and you start to maybe want to cultivate a little bit more kindness, compassion and start to do those things to have a deeper realization, right? Because you need to practice it. Um, do you have any... Um, just practical advice for somebody who is they're just in the thick of it. You know, they're, they're in the world. They maybe got a, a wife and kids. They got, you know, whatever they have. And it's just a lot of noise and there's a lot of distraction. And, and I feel like a lot of people are really paddling upstream. It's just like, there's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. going on and it's hard. And they're like, look, I hear what you're saying. That sounds great, but I got a lot of crap to deal with. And so, you know, have you found any like either practices or philosophies that kind of like start to integrate this into practice? It's a really good question. Thanks. Um, yeah. And okay, so so we say it's the ego. And the ego is the your picture froze, but you're still okay, good, good. You're still there. <laughs> the ego basically is the concept of a self. And so we think that there is this me that's separate from all other things and we serve this first. So I'm not gonna go too deep down that one, but, um, but it's that aspect that prevents us from 
from meditating, we say that is the obstacle. There's always something, there's always something. And we have to overcome that. Like that is the obstacle because there's always going to be that one that's like, well, you could just sit and watch this movie and eat popcorn and cuddle and you don't have to meditate. And nobody really knows if you do or not anyway. So, you know, you could but do whatever you want and be like, oh, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, so, so we, you know, I'm not saying that it's not a huge challenge to have a meditative practice. It is, but what's important, like what ruts do you want to create? And this life is only one of many from the perspective that I understand and not that you can't attend to your bills and your children and all of the things that we have to, we do. That is our reality. But it's, if you don't recognize, if you think that, you know, oh, well, you know, this is it. And you have to have this bigger perspective of like, no, and you are, you are manifesting and you are taking, like we say, all sentient beings are depending on you. Like we have that kind of responsibility. So then we are, you know, you, you have to be able to make that effort, make the time. And so then like on it, okay, so I do this, you know, Monday night meditations, that's tonight. And like, I'm not trying to plug or whatever, but I do those practices and this is going into its seventh year that every Monday night at eight o'clock, I do this uh, guided meditation because it is hard for people and people try to sit and work with their mind on their own and they don't get very far and then they give up, you know, and, or they try a lot of different things and I don't know, but anyway, people have asked me, so I've developed this as a way to share the practice and it's based on loving kindness and it's very simple. And I guide it so that you don't have to, all you have to do is call the number and, and be there. And then I do the work for you kind of thing. So that's my way of trying to help people to develop and support an ongoing practice. And it's really cool and been, you know, working and it's a very nice thing. Anyway, then, so that's one, you know, like on a deeper kind of like really meditation thing, but on a, like just a worldly thing, just be nice, like try everything you can do to be kind. And to like, we say it's body, speech, and mind. So whatever you can do with your body, with your physical body to help, to serve, to be kind, to be gentle, to offer your whatever you can do generosity of those so yeah maybe you're not a great meditator <laughs> it's rare that people really can get themselves to sit at those kind of things so be kind do what you can try so body and then speech like try to say good things try to use all of the power that we have in a positive way and to emanate good energy and positive things for others and we're not perfect but like that is a way answering that question you know for just ordinary people to put themselves 
into the rut of positive. So in their day, you know, life is crazy and it's all too hard just to just, you know, be nice, (laughs) you know, do anything you can to, to help others. That's probably the simplest, you know, way we can, we can do a practice. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, it's funny because it's so simple and it's kind of absurd that we need to teach it. Um, I spent the summer with David Lone Bear Senapas, who's a Native American elder of the Mi'kmaq and one of a spiritual representative. And he has a 20,000 year history, talks about advanced technologies, Mm. ETs, all kinds of stuff. But when he's talking, everybody is waiting for him to say that kind of stuff. And he is just on be kind. He's like, we can't go like to step two and all of this other stuff until you learn how to actually be kind. And he speaks about the same thing often about practice, where when he was first teaching, everyone's like, okay, we got the first three teachings, kindness, compassion, happiness. Let's move on. He's like, you don't understand kindness yet. Next. Yeah. yeah. What's the next thing? How do we biohack that? We move on and, you know, we just move forward. And it's like, no, you actually have to go out there and do it. You have to do it and cultivate it over time. And it switches like your daily direction. When you're talking about ruts, you know, I've, I've read a lot of spiritual books. I've went to a lot of spiritual seminars. I've had a lot of podcasts with awesome spiritual people. The best advice I've ever gotten on spirituality is to do three kind acts a day, go out of your way to do it and don't tell anyone. It's so friggin' simple. And right. I on love the, the don't point, tell anyone part. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's powerful. Yes. And I love what the elder said. And that's how my teacher was too. Like I was so fortunate. Like he really, he, my teacher believed in us as Westerners and he I, I was lucky I they received like all the levels, but he was, he, it was all about compassion. And sometimes like if there was a 10 day teaching, he would spend eight and a half days talking like three hours at the end, talking about, you know, all the other, I mean, it's like, it is, it's so important. And it was saying that in the beginning too, like, the teachings on empty it is important and we say in these times like whatever can help people you know help as much as you can and but if you don't develop the foundation (laughs) there's no point in all the fancy stuff it just become it just it it um it's it makes the ego worse. It just supports the ego. And then it didn't benefit at all. It just made you worse, really. You know, and it's dangerous. You can, that can happen and does. Like it does. It's tricky. So yeah, kindness. And, and so then like body, speech, and mind, right? So body, speech, and then mind. So then meditation is working, developing those qualities, generosity, loving kindness with your mind. And so that's how meditation, that's like the, you know, how it progresses and body is 
definitely limited. It's very, you know, limited. You have two hands, one back, you know what I mean? It's a body. And speech then, it's interesting because I ended up doing music. So speech has this like amazing ability to, you can go farther with speech. Speech can reach more people than, than body. But mind, mind is infinite and interconnected and interrelated and all-encompassing so when you harness when you work with mind through meditation and then you're applying these same types of you know uh thoughts practice buddhism it's everything right it's not buddhism but it comes from that's where i received right so but and then when you practice with mind, then you develop that quality of mind. And then it's, it's as vast as your mind is, is how much you can emanate. And, and yes, we do. Obviously, we affect all things, right? Because if you're in a room with whoever and you're super grouchy and in a bad mood, you will affect everybody by that. Even if you try to hide it and you don't even say anything it's obvious right everybody's gonna feel like depressed by that energy in a similar way then if you are in a room and you don't even have to say anything but if you have holding good space and all of that people we affect each other so i believe that especially in this time right now where we are in such a peril in the world that the more people who are meditating and developing that capacity, I feel it's very important. I feel it's all important, like anything anybody can do, God, please do it. But mind is a, not something to be overlooked. It's something that can really shift and benefit from my you know, meditator's perspective. Yeah, you, you said a, a lot of things there that I want to um, definitely touch on. But just to clarify, because it cut out exactly when you gave the answer. Um, <laughs> That's funny. For the first eight days, he would focus on was it compassion or kindness? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. the, maybe like a little bit at the end, he would move on to something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure that for, for clear. That's what I figured, but I couldn't hear it out loud. So it, yeah, it's so important. And you, you touched on a lot of great points, because I think that, you know, I met you um, in the festival world and we, we do the festival thing. I go to conferences, seminars, all these different things, spiritual teachers and, and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it to me right now is seeming like more, let's say, I, I don't know the proper word, but like surface, like a, a suit. Like if you're doing martial arts, you might get a new belt or you might get like a new gadget and you know, you're, you got your chakras aligned and then you've got, you know, all these amazing things happening. And it's more about like, Let's say you got a you know crappy car and it's okay to have a crappy car. I've had lots of crappy cars. Um, but you start to like put like all these stickers on it and you're like trying to make it all fancy. But really the guts are still like old and that's the thing you need to kind of like, you need to put a nice new engine in there, you know, maybe clean it up so it's a nice environment and like really getting down to these basic things. And then that's going to be expanding your consciousness because I think that the ego wants the quote unquote enlightenment or the powers or, you know, okay. And that's what originally kind of attracted me as a kid. I was a martial artist, but I wanted to know how far I could go. Um, but I also wanted to know how I could help. You know, I figured that like, it wasn't like, so I can get this and then, you know, 
and it's all mine. It's like, if I can learn this and it works, I can share that with someone else and make their life yeah, better. That's good. But mm-hmm. I think that even, even then it's still a bit of the ego. Cause I want to have that skill, but what I've kind of learned from like a ton of meditation, you probably meditate a lot more than me, but I've meditated a lot and just trying things like trying the protocols and going all the way in. And what mm-hmm. happens, you know, like even like the Wim Hof breathing, I, um, I did some of the Wim Hof breathing, but I just was doing cold training without the Wim Hof just to see what, the, what my consciousness would do to see what the benefits were. And if I could do it and if it helped, you know, it was super cold. So I was like, is it yeah. cold? It's like, yeah, it was minus 15 and glacier water freezing, <laughs> you know, but over time got a little better, but you know, the way that I kind of am seeing what you're saying and like the simplicity and to just drive it home is like when you see a person and they're just a good person and they're a content person and they go Mm -hmm. around their community and they just kind of help. And in the mind, they're not thinking about what I can get from you, how I can manipulate you, why I don't need to talk to you, you know, why you're Mm -hmm. dangerous. It's just like, Oh, if you needed some help, I would just go help because that's my, that's who I am. That's what I'm about. And you can feel that. And if we had a society of people like this, it would be a very beautiful, magical world. And it does seem like, you know, there's a lot of influence on the contrary. I used the example the other day, I've used this quite a bit that like, you know, I think subconscious programming and in, in Buddhism, they'll talk about mental nutrients. What are you listening to? And mm-hmm. so on TV, I studied psychology and I was curious how they still had, like, how do you have World War II? How do you hypnotize or, or manipulate a bunch of people? And I learned mm-hmm. about hypnosis and all this different stuff. Like, you know, if you don't think that matters, don't think about a pink hippopotamus or a purple giraffe. Mm-hmm. And if you did, that's uh-huh. how it works. And mm-hmm. so they don't just have CSI. It's a whole few hours of murder shows right across the board. Mm. They got all these different types. So you're going to, anybody on the tube, it's just a bunch of murder shows. And I saw a new one the other day and explained to my buddies, the show is literally called murder. (laughs) It's just like, this is what I'm talking about, you know? And it's not, it's not television and programming and conversations around community kindness, cultivating, uh, I don't know, like, Hey, this is how we grow a community garden. This is, you have to like really go seek that stuff out to find it. And it's just not the the common ground. So although what you're speaking about is very simple, it's the most profound thing, you know, in skateboarding, you can't go into the hardest tricks without learning how to ollie. It's the most basic thing. And the, and the, if you can do all of the ollies perfectly, yes. you start doing super advanced tricks. And that's what I, cause I'm older now. I'm still trying to get better at skating. I'm like, bro, you just got to ollie. I know you don't want to, but so I'm ollieing every single different way because that's the start of anything else that I want to do. And from that, I think that the mm-hmm. progression happens a little bit uh, more naturally. And it's not for look at me in my shiny car. It's like, Hey, or, or my house, you know, it's not about, Hey, I have the biggest house in the block. It's like, Hey, this is a large, beautiful home with a garden in the back that you and your family are welcome to come to you know, because it's a part of, of everything here. And if there's something that's in my life and I can share it with you, that would be awesome because let's share this with, with everybody. It's a different type of energy. And I've ranted a lot. So I'd just love for you to add on to that or I can think of a question. <laughs> I love the skateboard analogy because that's so perfect. You know, it's like, it's true. And it's true with every, it's true with everything you do, anything you want to become a master at, or, you know, masterful with, 
you have to begin with the basics and it's over and over, 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 over again. That's how it works. So I don't know, you know, it's interesting to me how with the spiritual practice, people think, oh, well, let's just get to the goods, you know? And it's like, you don't understand, like this is a practice and you have to refine and you have to work on this. But it's interesting with the spiritual, with the spiritual thing. And yeah, I liked the old car with the, you know, guts that needed cleaning and it's so that was a good one because yeah put all the little fancy stickers on the outside and it looks like something but that's the ego thing because it's the nobody no, nobody knows but you you're the only one who knows your mind and ego is super super tricky and I'm not saying that I got it figured all out or anything either but but it's really, you know, easy to want the, 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 the stickers on the outside and go, see, I got this and I got this and, and not having done the cleaning, the deep cleaning. And that takes work. It's nitty gritty. And, and yeah. My teacher used to say, um, if there's gold under the ground, it will shine. So you don't have to, you know, talk about whatever. And, and I like the one about being in the room and, you know, having the good vibes and stuff. And so then the next level of that is just being present and being able to like have the kind of meditation. So first we develop our loving kindness. And then from there, you can go into a place of where you do go, where you are beyond thought and you can rest in the nature of mind without thoughts, you know? And so in terms of benefiting beings, like we're all like, we're all crazy, right? Because of our own thoughts that we can't stop, right? We like think the same thing over and over and over. How many times have I thought about that thing? And it's like, okay, cool. It's not that you're not supposed to think. We think like it's not about not thinking it's about being control of your thoughts and not letting them like drag you through the mud <laughs> so you know we all have we're all in we're all the same we're all in the same condition and everybody is you know has an aspect of being tormented by their thoughts and wishes that they could just rest just have some peace and quiet so even if we're in a room and we are a kind of a practitioner that has that ability where we can just be that is such a you know awesome that everything is there right the generosity and all of the practice it's all just there and we're interconnected and we we think about that we we develop our practice that we're very aware of our interconnection and we never kind of we're very careful to not let it get into a self selfish thing because that's what got us in problems in the first place yes absolutely there's there's a bunch of things that i wanted to um chat about but i think the direction I'll go is I'm curious about um, like the mantras that you would use. Like, do you have specific ones that you would use? And in, in, like, I've heard Om is the sound of the universe. I don't know if that's what they taught you or, or they think of something similar or um, 
like, you know, English has a different sound vibration. And if you go into the conspiracy world, now that I'm kind of ranting, I heard once that that somewhere back in time that they changed language to to make it non-harmonic. Like English isn't isn't like harmonic and more Sanskrit maybe is. And as you're saying this uh, word, which creates it's harmonic. And so it gives you more power. I'm not sure if if you ever heard of anything like that or or so that's a separate question to the original one of like, do you use specific mantras and if so, how and why do they work and why should someone use them? Yes. Um, there definitely are specific mantras. So many, there's like a many, many, many infinite practices and they're all, they all have different aspects that we're working on different aspects of our consciousness that we're re redefining, refining, recreating. So there's many, 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 and, you know, can't really get too like deep on that. Cause again, that's like super advanced kind of stuff that would make no, you know, point, but, um, the original album that I did union that, that album has all of the basic mantras on it. So that was the first album I did. I was kind of like test the waters and I thought, well, here's all the basic mantra. And again, it's like, people are like, oh, that's the basic. I don't want that one. I want the advanced stuff, but it's like, no, you want the basic. That's why it's the most important is the basic. And so then in Tibetan Buddhism, you know, Om Mani Peme Hong is the most common mantra for a reason. It is the best overall mantra. I always say it's the the national mantra of Tibet and you know people have recited that mantra like you it's incredible how many how much energy has gone into that and that is um explaining it of something like um all of the different emanations it's you know we say deity but deity, it, we have a weird like understanding of that. And deity really is just a, a symbol of your higher self. It's an aspect of your own being. So we create this, um, this awakened, enlightened aspect so that then we can merge ourselves with that and, and step into what we truly are. So the deity of that mantra Shenrezi or Avalokiteshvara is the, the enlightened mind manifesting the aspect is compassion. So that mantra is the, that's the one, Om Mani Peme Hong. And I know everybody knows that mantra probably, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that is a good one. And uh, I actually have a, my friend Anders was saying that mantra. He went to Nepal shortly after I did, and he said that he was he was doing um, I think it was Annapurna Trail, and he just ha- had prayer beads, and he was just doing it over and over and over. And he said, you know, after I think it was like a week, he had one of the most profound experiences ever. And I think that you know what sometimes seekers want is that like really sh- like out there experience, which. I totally wanted that and I still want it and I've had them and they're really great. And, but that's not the point. Um, it's, it's, it's like, I feel like 
I call them like either universal winks or something that's given to you when you're actually doing the work over time. And then when you have it, it's just like, hey, this is just a reminder that this is actually what it's going to be. It's just going to be a continued life process of the same thing. Like, can you continue um, acting in integrity? And for me, more and more enlightenment and, you know, spiritual wisdom is just the ability to show up in integrity to the best of your ability um, to have like a right direction, you know, and right practices. And you're, you're probably going to do it ugly. You know, I'm definitely doing it ugly. I'm not sure, uh, you know, yeah. it's like I could write whole books on like how yeah. terribly I'm doing it, but I'm trying. Yeah. Right. Trying's the trying's good. Trying's all we can do. And yeah, I mean, I think we've all in, you know, as a younger, let's say practitioner, we still like want this. Oh, I want this, the special moments, you know, that's the ego. <laughs> that's the ego thinking like, I want to be special. I want something special, you know? And yes, sometimes that is a good sign when you have those realizations. Sometimes it's just your mind tricking yourself you know, and like entrapping you into your ego side. There are some practitioners, serious, like real, like serious practitioners who never have a sign. Never. It doesn't mean that they're not great practitioners. Everybody's different. And some people, and so then sometimes that's what they have to deal with is like never have any sign where does, how does that work on you, you know? And then there's some who have many signs, which isn't a bad thing, but if you get caught in it, then it so didn't do anything good for you. So, you know, I, I was so lucky that I, I had a really good teacher and, you know, I, you know, I did, when I did my three-year retreat, there were so many signs, you know, and he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd tell him like all these great, amazing things. And he'd be like, like, yuck, you, ew, you know? <laughs> and I remember one time he came to visit and I told him this experience that I had about the deepening of my compassion and he cried and he was like, and he, he was, it was old school, you know, it was never like, oh, you're so good. Good job. It was always like, eh, you're no good, you know, do better. You can do better. But at that point he cried and he said, um, that's good. <laughs> that's amazing. So it's the same thing. It's interesting, the whole interview, right? Cause it's kind of like gone back to that, this gone back to that same. And, and that is what I am trying to, you know, I'm not a great practitioner, so I don't have like all of the, you know, highest wisdoms. I'm not, that's not my, I'm not qualified to offer that and there are people who are and like thank goodness that there's some great beings out there but I can offer the base you know the the love the kindness and I practice that and 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 um and we need that before we need all of the fancy stickers but there's nothing, it's an interesting thing with ego, right? Because you don't get anything to show. You don't get a sticker and it's hard. And you're like, oh, I don't wanna do this. I wanna do something like cooler or like better looking or something. <laughs> so 
that, you know, I do, I do support and encourage anybody who is trying and um, it's, you know, honestly, it's a lot of work, but what else are we supposed to do? And from my perspective and the, the teachings that I've received and my understanding on the world, then it, it is the most important thing. And this is our moment and you know not only are we impermanent and going to die and we don't know when like we have this idea that you know oh we're gonna die someday in our sleep when we're old like that doesn't happen if you look around at how it works most of the time sorry and then we have a war a whole planet that's like really facing you know a difficult like point here and so for us to take advantage of this moment is, you know, good idea, I think. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And I, and I think that I like that we covered like the basics for so long because those are the most important things. And that's where all the fun comes from. You know, the example I was thinking about was like, if you're a, a, you know, a professional athlete, it's like, okay, well, we're only going to go for the day we win the NBA championship, the world series or whatever the case is, but really life happens throughout the whole process. And that thing is like a nice thing, but you can cultivate an extraordinary life and never make it to the big leagues, never even make it to the world series. Right. Cause that's, that's like a little icing on the cake of, of what is possible, but it's not, you know, it's, it's more about the process and the way of being. And the other thing I think it was important to touch on is that it's also has this like, um, idea that we need to strive to be better than we are. Like we're incomplete. Like I'm not good enough until I'm spiritual enough or meditate more or whatever. <laughs> like, can you cultivate the practice from a state of being like totally whole and fulfilled, as, as much as you can, as you are. And the analogy I've been coming up lately is like, if you have a four-year-old or an eight-year-old, you don't say, you know, do you need to go read a spiritual book or meditate or anything. They're just honest expressions of existence from where they are. And they're perfect as they are. And so are you, as you get older, you just get really mentally, it's conditioning. It's influencing conditioning from different things that happen in the mind, but not in the spirit. And so if you can kind of move your body and your mind and your intentions towards like um just i think you know like a positive feeling from yourself like you know if you throw a rock through your neighbor's window because they bugged you that you're probably gonna not feel good it's probably not a good thing so it's like okay mm -hmm. so you have these other feelings that are like you know what this does inspire me this this is like you know this feels right you just got to honor that little inkling with the understanding that you're not perfect, you know what I mean? That you might not, you might not be the Dalai Lama and Jesus Christ and everything else in, in between. Um, but if you can kind of go towards that um, collaborative impulse, the positive impulse that I think is about as much as you can do if you keep doing that repeatedly each and every moment. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, um, I like the NBA thing. And I was an athlete too. And I'm also like a crazy overachiever and all of that kind of stuff too. And so it's not that we can't strive and all of those things, but let's say you do, you know, win the NBA or the Grammy or whatever, then what? Are you happy? Are you content? 
Like, it's not a bad thing to win the Grammy. Go ahead, win the Grammy, fly to the moon, whatever you can do, like reach your potential, like do your thing. But it's not necessarily going to be the the cure-all or however you want to say that because like there's so many examples right of like the wealthiest person and they're miserable or you won the nba and then you know the fall from from the top or you know all of the instability of our happiness and suffering so in a way you reach like a whole huge high goal then what are you okay still or how does that work and then, um, oh shoot, I lost the whole second part of it. What was it? What were we? I don't know. I was listed. Yeah, I can't even remember now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just doing something. it from, a, from yeah, it was along the lines of how can we do it from a state of contentment? You know, and that's how you look at like. Kate. Oh, I remember. I remember Got what it. I was going to say. So we, we are, there, there is two levels there's the relative level of reality and there's the ultimate level. So on the ultimate level, you know, everything's good. I'm a Buddha. You're a Buddha. We're perfect. All of that. It is true. We want to not forget that and live in that on some level, but, but we can't deny that there's a relative reality. And I think a lot of people get a little confused on that level and they get up in this, like, you know, Oh, it's all good. And don't talk to me about anything bad or something, you know, like people kind of fall into that and it's like, okay, well, there is a relative reality. And on that relative level, yeah, I'm not perfect. And there's a lot of stuff that we, so it's, that's the balance where there's the the ultimate and yes we are like holding that and not it's not like a goal but it's like an aspect and then on the relative reality yes we're full of faults and all of that stuff and I think that um that loving yourself you know is difficult like you know I think we all if we're honest we all have that like oh you know like it's got all this stuff, you know, but I think ultimately we do have to work on that. And that's like a, a lifetime of practice is, you know, forgiveness and, you know, loving oneself and it's essential, but I don't think at least for me, it's like, I can't say, Oh, I got that. <laughs> it's a process. And so loving yourself is part of all beings So if you're having compassion for all sentient beings, even like the worst of murderers, then why couldn't you hold yourself in that too? So it's a process, you know, and I think that we, we do have to uh, have, you know, cultivate love for ourselves and forgiveness and all of those things and understand that there is this, these, this duality of the ultimate and relative and to kind of recognize that helps to see how this all functions or something. However, you know, how we can um, decipher our way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And when you're talking about that, I think like, the image that comes up for me is the yin yang symbol where it's both. It's not just one or the other, right? It's both and finding that center point 
in mm. it, you know, mm-hmm. working together. Yeah, you got it. It's, it's how it is. So to be aware of how it is then helps to figure out how to work within it and use that to, to our development. Yeah. yeah, we're not, we're not perfect, but we're perfect. How cool is that? You know, it's a good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I and you're right. Like it goes, helpful. it goes, it goes both ways. Cause sometimes people, you know, they're like, you want to be, have a positive attitude, but so yeah, they're like, I don't want to talk about this. Like there's a problem in the community and he's like, no, we could actually create a solution for this. You know, um, like one of those examples, like when I was younger, I learned about like lots of terrible things. I don't know how many of them are true, but I learned about like the sex trade and I learned about just all this kind of awful stuff. And I had a, you know, an opportunity to work with the International Tribunal of Natural Justice and go check them out, support them. They're incredible. And they've created a lot of information so people can be aware, put this out publicly of what systems are in place. And this has infiltrated governments and, you know, our, our organizations, but it's not everybody in the government. It's not everybody in each of these institutions. It's little bits of that. And it's just like, Hey, like we're aware of this, let's build a solution. Now that we're kind of bringing into an awareness, like, Whoa, you know, what can we do to create the, the solution now? So you have to kind of be aware, but I stayed in the conspiracy, the, the world has fallen apart for too long and it got super depressed. And that was mm. a part of the, the process is like, Hey, I can't stay here. Now I got to build solutions. And so you learn for yourself, like how to like take in the information and then, and then, um, use it in a positive way. That's almost like alchemy, just taking the crap and like, okay, cool. You know, I see there's a need now. And if there, if, if the universe wants to use me in a certain way, I can intend that and help how I can, but um, I could also get stuck in the muck and, and I'm not going to really be helping every, anyone at all. And I think like just the basic pre- premise of this, because it is so confusing that to me right now where I am, and I've, I have no idea what I know or, or where I am in any kind of process, but it just seems to me at this point that the idea would be for me to become as whole and harmonious and like live the best life that I could. So that way, like my cup is full and then I can help others you know, in a, in a way that's mentally, emotionally, spiritually, also like financially and um, like in the world. And so that I can, I can give to others because if we're, you know, morally, I don't know, corrupt isn't the word, but like empty and, and we're spiritually unsound and we don't feel good and we don't have anything together. We have nothing to offer. And when we just are in the resonance and I like this from David is like kindness, compassion, and happiness. It's a mm-hmm. resonance. And you can act in that way, no matter where you are. And, and so what generally makes you happy? What makes you unhappy? And just kind of cultivating your own garden. So that's kind of the, what you're putting out there. Because maybe you can't solve, you know, world war or whatever the case is. Maybe you can't, you know, I don't know, do like, for me, it's like looking at the horrendous problems and they really bother me. And maybe I can't fix them all. But as I operate in my daily reality, if I can just... Um, take responsibility for my life and do the best I can and and have like a a general good energy and like a good understanding and and compassion. That's enough. It has to be, I'd like to do more, but if I keep, I have to be this, like everything else, then I'm not going to be good enough as I am. And I'm going to be putting out a different energy. If I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. And that's kind of like a battle in my own mind um, that I experience and that I, that I work on. So that's 
kind of like my thought is as you move through this process, when you're moving through it, honestly, where you like want to become a better person, you want to make an impact, you want to um, connect with spirit in your own way, like doing it from a sense of, you know, doing your best, um, being aware, like this, this balance and not going too far in one way or the other. Want to add on to that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. The, the farther, the farther you advance, the more benefit you can be to others. Because it's like, if you know the road of how to get there, because you've already gotten there, then you know the way to show somebody else. So as far as you go, the better you can be of service to others because you've gotten farther. But at the same time, there is a, a perfection within this moment. So there's nothing to hinder us from, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not good enough yet. Or, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So yes, strive to become the best that we can and all of that good stuff. And yes, 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 true. But this is now, right? So, and then, um, oh, I have to remember the second point, my little brain. Um, where were we? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Yeah, and I was the same as before. I was like, what, what was I yammering around? But it's like, you know, I think that it's just personally what I'm, consistently dealing with is just like like i was using the example of like having you know your cup full you know before you can kind of help so that was the point of that was like yes fill the cup but don't wait till the cup is full yeah oh yeah yeah oh i remember what the other part was (laughs) so the whole thing about this is a big can of worms but i'll just go small on it as i can through the practices back to the kind of thing of like, you know, oh, somebody murdered my mother. And then talking about all of the, like the horrific things in the world that we're aware of. So with these practices, then this is an advanced practice. You guys want the advanced practices. So an advanced practice is you, you take you gather in the negativity. The idea is like, I, we are all interconnected. We basically, there's a whole nother thing, but I'll just make it simple. And that I wish for you to be happy and I wish for you not to suffer. So because you can't figure that out and I have on some level here, let me take the suffering. Let me take that away from you. And I'll take that. And then it, it's a spiritual alchemy is how I say it. And so you're, you, there's a power in the negativity, right? There's so much negativity in the world. And we all kind of go like, ah, I can't handle that. I, I can't deal with it. Like stay away. And so then we, so then it, it increases that thing of that. There's a self and an other, and there's a me and an and a other, everything else. And so then it's, it like just separates that even more. And then we get more isolated and more in our own self uh, ego, like confusion. So instead meditation practice mind we take on that suffering. So like when I see or hear some horrible thing, instead of like shutting it down, 
I like bring it, bring it in. And then I, through my practice, then I transform that back into loving kindness or whatever kind of nectar or medicine that it needs to repair and heal that. And so you take the energy, the vast amount of negative energy, and then you just change that. You manifest that back into its positive. So it is like this spiritual alchemy. So that's an advanced practice. If you're looking for advanced practices and, um, and it's said that the, the peacock is the, a symbol of the Bodhisattva. So the reason is because it's said that the peacock eats poisonous plants. And it's because of that, that its plumage is so radiant and iridescent like no other, that it's only because of the, the, the poison that can create that. So that's a symbol of the Bodhisattva of one who's like deeply, you know, in, in, um, in touch with the negativities and deeply in touch with the, the ultimate reality and, and, you know, working those together to be of benefit and to, you know, it's very, it's a big topic. That's a big topic. Yeah. Wow. That's but interesting. You, yeah. Well, as soon as you said that, I'm so glad you used the uh, peacock example because I was thinking to myself, I was like, maybe there's some humans in the world, like biologically that are taking like actual energy. You know, you look at a, uh, an ecosystem anywhere and you're like, oh, this, this, whatever transforms waste somehow. So maybe yeah, some exactly. humans are like going around like creating ways. Some some of them are transforming it. That's actually what you're doing on some sort of like, you know, yeah. which is Spiritual super level. wild concept. That's crazy. That's amazing. I, I was I had a follow up, but I can't remember what the heck I was gonna say. <laughs> um shoot, I lost it too. But yeah, mm. what it um hmm. I don't know what I'm going to say. Is there, a, well, is there anything else that you wish that I had asked? Anything that you wanted to talk about on the show? That was so awesome. Thank you. But I do have something I could say kind of at the end. Yeah, of course. Yeah, a little, course. yeah, a little wrap up kind of thing. A hundred percent. Okay. So we say, or the Tibetans say, I would say we, because I'm kind of included in that, I feel. Um, we say that within the degenerating times is also the time for the greatest spiritual awakening. And I feel that that's so true, right? Like we can, we can all recognize that that's true. Like this is the degenerating times. It's degenerating like every second in front of us. And at the same time, we're, we're witnessing this incredible awakening and you know all of the amazing things that people are doing it's like wow you know I mean we really we do have the ability to you know save the planet or however you want to say that like we can and people are like waking up waking up and just becoming like such good people doing their best and trying and all that stuff 
So, um, so I feel like I, I totally believe that when that was prophesized a million years ago, they weren't in these times, but now being in these times, it's like so true. And so then just um, encouraging people to, to meditate and to take advantage of this opportunity that we have now where there is this, I feel like the, the practices that I did all those years ago, I really worked hard and it was really, really, really hard. And I really, really like struggled and worked like it was hard. And I feel like it's easier now. We have so much available to us. So please take advantage of what we have. We don't know how long it have, we have it, to have this opportunity. And it is incredibly precious. And I feel that the world, the world, you know, needs us to, to participate with body, speech, and mind as much as we, we, we have to, you know, it's like an athlete, right? It's like a discipline to make the effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, Rigson, it's always a pleasure to see you and to talk yes. to you. And I'm super glad that we got to dive into uh, the Buddhism side, because I know you've been practicing for a long time that you had the, um, the opportunity to train with really high level, um, Buddhist masters and, and just share those philosophies and those, you know, to spend 90% of the 95% of the podcast on the basics, because that's what people need. You know, let's master the basics and uh, move on. But I appreciate you and your work. Uh, your music is absolutely incredible. So I invite people to check that out and massive congrats on the new album um, that you just released. And I, I look forward to seeing you perform again. Where can people find more about you? And is there anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? Um, well, my website, rigzinmusic.com, R-I-G-Z-I-N music.com. That has all of the links. So if you go to the website, you can find the meditation class. It's a, um, it's a conference phone call to call in the number and, and that's how that's done. And then there's all the links to the band camp and the SoundCloud and the YouTube and all of those things are there. So if you want to, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff. So if you want to find me, it's pretty easy. Rigsandmusic.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I don't know. I'm going to leave the option to you, but do you want to leave them with any kind of like um, traditional prayer or mantra or anything? I would. Okay. Um, well, it's, it takes like a minute, but I guess we can handle a minute, right? This is a, this is a traditional uh, prayer that my teacher sang at the end of everything we ever did. And he had a very strong vision that anybody who heard this prayer would, you know, it would really benefit their mind stream. And it's a long story, but it's a called a treasure practice and it was revealed specifically for us in this time and it's it's in a very short way it's a prayer of protection until we realize till we attain full awakening 
So I'd like to sing that for you in his, you know, in the lineage of my teacher. And then I'll just say a short dedication prayer because we always end with a prayer of dedication. That sounds amazing. Thank you. Okay. Do song Guru Rinpo Jemodro Kondong Dewa Jempo Bache Kunsa do do drop so so Dahan sampa lunge At this very moment, for the peoples and the nations of the earth, may not even the names, disease, famine, war, or suffering be heard but rather may their wisdom and compassion increase and may supreme good fortune and well-being always arise for them. Thank you. All right, guys, that wraps up that incredible episode with my friend Rigzin Tromgay. I hope that you enjoyed it and you found value in it. Rigzin is really a person who practices what she preaches and a really incredible musician and artist and just all around incredible human being. Uh, if you liked it, please share the show on Facebook, take screenshots, share on Instagram. That helps. Um, toss a buck in the bucket on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair helps immensely. Um, sign up for the email list. All of that is super, super helpful. But the best thing you can do is one kind act today for someone else. And uh, yeah, that's those are all things you can do if you want to support the show. If you're interested in diving deep and you want some one-on-one time, um, I'm doing groups, I'm doing more speaking, and doing a lot more training. So if you want to learn more about flow state, peak performance, entrepreneurship, business building, visionary, leadership, 
all of that kind of stuff, everything that I've learned from a lifetime of study, martial arts, practice, training, and inquiry, I would love to empower you, your family, your organization with any of the tools that uh, I think are going to work for you. And there are many uh, that work. So love exploring and sharing that. So if you are interested, just hit me up at Matt, M-A-T-T, at zenathlete.com. And uh, we will explore all of those options for um, for you and your people. So that's about it. I hope that you're having an amazing day. And I'm just going to close this out by coming to a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries, all the anxieties, and just coming to a state of peace, empowerment, and connection, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.